Welcome to the Daniel McInnes Podcast, a podcast for small businesses who are seeking great practical advice about marketing and sales. Danielle thinks like a customer. Even as a little kid, she always has shown deep empathy for others. Dan uses this customer insight to help small businesses create practical marketing strategies that work. Using this customer-centric approach and her 20 years' experience in sales and marketing, Dan takes what is in your head, adds her expertise to create a system to assist you make better marketing decisions, attracts a regular stream of ideal customers, and creates a brand that your employees and customers will love. Hope you enjoy this podcast. So welcome back to my podcast and I'm really excited today to introduce to you Lee Hopkins who is well known in the social media arena. So thank you Lee for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome Danielle. I, I, what I normally do when I'm, I have a guest on the show is get them to give us sort of the, the short story on their life and bring us up to speed with you know you and what you're doing and, and what you're known for. So do you mind give us, giving us the short the short story on leave? Sure. Um, I've been involved in business communication uh, for about 30 years. Uh, I have got a, a degree in psychology from a university in England. I'm currently um, doing doctoral research for a doctorate here in uh, Australia at Adelaide, uh, but uh, University of South Australia, mm -hmm. uh, on communication and looking at social media. I've been involved in the social media sphere since 2004. And um, yeah, I, I guess I was one of the pioneers in getting the business um, side of social media up and running here in Australia. There were a few of us who's, who've sort of started the the, uh, the the onslaught that is now lots and lots and lots of consultants out there talking about social media, um, mm. and I was one of the first. Well, you sound like you're well qualified with all those credentials going in, which is interesting. But tell me, so how did you actually fall into social media? What sort of sparked your interest all those years ago, 2004? <laughs> Um, it was, uh, interestingly, I'd, I'd heard about the uh, the word blog and didn't really know what it was, but I'd heard about it. And so one day at work, I typed into Google business communicator blog mm -hmm. and uh, several um, uh, answers came up, several results in Google, one of which was um, a, a blog written by a chap called Shell Holtz, who's a, a communicator based in America. And I started reading his blog and realized, firstly, I realized that uh, I had a, a, a job title or a career title called business communicator. I'd never heard of the phrase before. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, th then I realised that, you know, Shell was talking about blogs, but he was also talking about podcasts. They were just a, about to sort of start coming out. And, and I just fell in love with the idea that you didn't have to be Rupert Murdoch and, and own this massive publishing empire. You could be one person with a, a point of view, something to say, and you could communicate that. And there would be other people who'd be interested to hear what you've got to say. I know, it's such a phenomenon. And I don't think most people actually still get that today, Lee. 
Well, it, it, I, I went across to America in 2009, uh, bearing in mind I'd been podcasting since 2005. And I went across in 2009 uh, to uh, a conference in San Francisco and finally met up with Shell Holtz. And there were so many other people at that conference as well as Shell that, you know, I'd met and we talked over Facebook, we talked through podcasts, we left comments on each other's blogs. We felt like we knew each other. And it was kind of like you automatically felt at home with a bunch of people, you knew what their family structure was, you knew what their lives were like, because you'd been involved in an in a almost daily basis uh, mm. through these communication channels. You know, that's sort of an interesting take on it. And I've, I just inter, um, interviewed Eric from Design Damage, who's a bit of an internet marketer. You might want to Google him. He's, he's just awesome. And he really comes at it from the same angle of view, which is... You know, we've got this proliferation of tools that we can engage with one another, and mm. sometimes too many tools. And mm. But the people I think that are really leveraging those tools well are actually using them to build, you know, relationships and, and mm. different relationships, but, but they're all authentic relationships. They're not just the sake of having the tool. No, it's absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. There are far too many tools out there, and every week there's a new there's a new website that does something that's similar to a million other websites being launched, and it's just you know you think, oh my goodness, I can't possibly keep up. And yes. I do this I do this for a living, and I can't keep up. Yeah, I know. Well, that's so. Right. But but I think the the important point is is as you quite rightly said, it's about it's about the conversation. It's about creating a relationship and if you can create relationships with people then you know you are using social media whatever you know tool that you use and you don't have to use them all by any means just stick with one and and you know feel comfortable with that if you're just starting out in social media but you know just use that tool to create relationships with people and you'll find that through that creation of relationships you'll actually start to want to to play more and more in this space I think you're right, but if you're a small business, so say I was going in to see an osteo, which is a client, or mm -hmm. even a broker or, you know, somebody that was setting up their more, um, you know, bricks and mortar store, but it was sort of hearing about this, how do they decipher which is the best tool to use for them? I, I, I think they have to... To, to some extent, and I know their time would be limited, but I think that to some extent they just have to, to play and see what feels right for them. Mm -hmm. um, quite often I'll recommend to companies that they start with Twitter because it's a very easy way in. It takes about three minutes to set up your Twitter profile, mm -hmm. um, and it's just an easy way to start dipping your toe into the conversation pool. Mm -hmm. um, that would be my suggestion is, is start with Twitter. Don't try and set up a blog first or set up a podcast or set up a video feed unless they are your particular skills and you're really interested in, in doing those sorts of things. But mm -hmm. Twitter and, and certainly setting up a Facebook page, um, you know, they're, they're fairly simple, easy things to do, but they do allow you to, to start gently uh, entering into the conversation pool. So what if I'm Joe Blow and I say to you, Lee, that sounds great, but, you know, my friends use Twitter to just talk about themselves, my Facebook page has got, you know, all my cousins, my nephews, well, I don't understand how to use this for business. Mm. I, the, the, one of the things that you'd need to understand is that there is difference, a big difference between a Facebook profile where you've got all your cousins and everything mm -hmm. and the Facebook page, which is about your business. And on your Facebook page about your business, you can 
talk about issues related to your business and you can share them in, in ways that enhance whoever's reading your particular page, whoever comes across it and wants to read it. Um, and as more and more people uh, find your page by whatever mechanisms there are in Facebook, and there's a lot of different mechanisms, mm -hmm. but you don't have to worry about those. But as more and more people come across to your page, you will find that if you're giving good information that is of value to the people reading your page, they will come back and they will recommend your page to others. I agree. And look, I agree that one of the, one of the purposes is, you know, to have that dialogue but do you know what when I started to use it the first time even Twitter I just started to follow and listen and search mm. I mean I had no idea so you know I just thought I don't know what to write on here so what I started to do is just look for people that I were interested in and, and you know some of them had fantastic links to things and mm. resources and then I started to find out well you know actually I can actually look for my competitors and see what they're saying. Mm. So even to actually use them as a resource for gathering information initially, I sort of just started there. And that and that is a fantastic way of doing it. I mean, that's one of the um, one of the things that large corporations, one of the mistakes that large corporations make when they enter the social media space is they just go out and, and use the social media channels as blast channels, mm. as as just broadcast channels, and they just pump this information out that is of very little value to the people who are that they're trying to get to. Mm. Um, but as you quite rightly say, if they spent time listening first, they'd realize what the hot buttons of people are and who the important people are and what sort of information they're sharing, such as links to great material, um, and they would probably then be in a better position to join in the conversation. So your strategy of listening first and then seeing what people are doing with it is a great idea. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's what I did. Um, the other question I've got for you, especially given your background in what I sort of term psychology or the psychology of communication, which I find really interesting. I wanted to ask you this question. I ask this of a lot of my guests, but I think you'll have a really interesting insight on it. When I meet with clients, often I ask them to sort of, you know, give me their story. How did you start? What did you do? Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you passionate about it? Did you fall into it? And I guess the question I've got for you is, you know, how important is that story or that visual personal brand in the world that we live in today? I think it's absolutely essential. Um, and that's why you'll, you'll find sometimes that corporate blogs that are written by some uh, faceless person in the communications team just don't work because... They're not authentic. They don't come from the heart. Whereas if something is written by the owner of the business, um, it comes across, even if they're the world's worst writer or <laughs> if they think they can't communicate at all, what, what they are able to do is speak with authority and with passion um, and, and authenticity. And they're the keys in the social media world. Mm. You have to be authentic. You have to, you have to be passionate about what you're talking about, but you also have to be authentic. You can't you know, make 
the mistake of making it sound dull and boring and corporatese because people are turned off by that in major ways. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, my view is that, yes, the, the more you can personalise it, the more you can make it your story um, and get your story out there so that people can relate to it because you no idea how many other people can relate to your story. And, and my, I've always been surprised that other people have sort of said, oh, yeah, I feel that way too whenever I've said something that I thought was just me suffering from something mm. uh, or me thinking my particular way about something. Uh, and it always surprises me. There are loads of people who think the same way. So if you're able to, to get your views out uh, about how you view things, how you see the world, why you're in business, why you are doing things a certain way with your business, um, you'd be amazed at how many people would, would relate to that and want to be involved with you because you are a human being, because you are an individual, not some corporate sort of, uh, you know, apparatus. Well, yeah, look, I so agree. I think that... Um you know, people do business with people and that if I go to your website and I think this was in a Google's report somewhere, you know, the most Google pages are the About Us page and that mm-hmm. sort of supports the story that, you know, that your story is important and if you, you're hiding behind this corporate veneer, I don't know who I'm dealing with. Mm, I mean, absolutely. I, I don't want an info at. Give me mm. your email address and don't make me jump over hoops to get to you. Because Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, who's controlling the conversation? I mean, you're mm. not even in it. Mm. No, exactly. One of my pet hates in, in um, the, the websites of old days, especially corporate websites, but it was also um, seen with personal websites too, where people didn't understand the power of conversation and relationships. And the, the contact us page would always be a form and you had no idea where the, the data you were putting into that form went off to. It could have gone to anyone. You had no idea. Um, and it always used to annoy me. Whereas, you know, what I've been talking to my clients over the decades about is with, certainly with their website, because I've been online or communicating online since 1994. Um, what I've always suggested to my clients is that they personalize their contact page. Yeah. Have you know, have the names and photos of people, you know, that work there up on their website. Um, they don't have to have their names, you know, their, their full names and their street address and all that sort of stuff um, because, you know, that could invade on privacy and, and you know, create a, a situation. But certainly have the names, the first names of the individuals there and their photos. I think that's that's important, you know, that if you're wanting to email someone in accounts payable that you can actually see someone from accounts payable. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, such a simple thing. I totally love that idea. And and how how much more customer orientated is it? I mean, oh, you just feel like you've built a, you've built a relationship, even though you have no idea who Joan is. Yes. Um, you just feel as though you're talking to Joan, you're emailing or sending a form off to Joan, and it's going to be Joan who's looking after it. Yeah, and it's sort of that one step closer. There's lots mm. of articles out there at the moment about you know, your ideal customer and the way that, um, you know, web designers or, or strategists are trying to get around this is actually create these personas. But a step better than that is actually to have the real persona. Oh, look, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I don't go with the idea of creating a fake person, you know, a fake Joan or a fake Rebecca in customer service. Um, you know, have the real people, even if they don't look like models, you know, have the real people, have their photos up there. Yeah, and I even think, you know, the, the fact that you've said that the old contact pages, I'll challenge that, Lee. I reckon there's a lot of contact pages out there that still have 
that old format. Oh, yeah, you know, I've got to tell you, I was one, yeah. there yesterday saying, I just want your email address. I don't want to go through this pain. Don't make yeah. me go through the pain. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but the other thing that I think is kind of interesting is if you're going to have a form and you can actually um, qualify a little bit of information to help that person out, then that's worth asking. I mean, mm. it's not worth asking 15 questions to annoy the crap out of someone. But oh. if you can actually qualify and direct that information and they can see that that's the intent that you have, then surely we've moved beyond just having email and name. I mean, for, for the contact page, it's different if you're actually building lists and stuff, but just, just to actually, um, you know, show that you're trying to do the right thing with the information I think is a good idea too. Yeah, absolutely. Thoroughly agree with you. Great minds think alike. Well, we must be. One of the same. <laughs> um, the other question I had for you was, and maybe you can answer this, yesterday I was sitting down with a broker. Well, actually he wasn't a broker. He was a management consultant. And he was a management consultant that was the best way I could describe him in the way that he pitched his personality was very vanilla. And yet in, in meeting him, in, he was very charismatic. He was unique in the way that he um, would work with leaders of, you know, I'd sort of say middle enterprise in helping them build their team, in, um, in being the person, and I think this is the best description, that would ask the right strategic questions to get them back on track. And not everyone can facilitate that way. So, But the way that he'd actually positioned himself was very vanilla and trying mm. to be all things to everyone. Mm. And I guess the question, I mean, that's got a lot to do with branding and positioning and, you know, the target market and everything. But my question to you is I just thought that he had such insightful questions that maybe he is a Monty to do a podcast to share his expertise. I'm just curious as to, you know, your thoughts on that because – I just don't think some mediums lend themselves well to complicated, you know, or maybe a video on his website, to complicated strategy things. It's hard to sort of put it down to a tagline mm. or try and come across as just being a vanilla if you're relying only on the text medium. Mm. Oh, look, I, I agree with you. I think what you have to do is play to, to his strengths. If his strengths are... Um, you know, if he's got a good voice, then, yeah, why not do a podcast and leave that in the sidebar on his blog or on his, uh, on his website? If he's got a good, uh, you know, visual presence, then certainly why not take a photo and leave that as a sales tool up on his, up his website? Um, and there's all sorts of, of, of different channels that, you know, the, the, the message could be got out there. The wonderful thing about social media is it does help you to, to, to move from being vanilla to, to an ice cream that's got, you know, nuts and raisins and chocolate sauce all over it. Because <laughs> it was really funny because he said, I'm either going to choose vanilla or chocolate, but what if I've got strawberry and swirls of hazelnut in there? <laughs> You know, he still can't. Be well, see, now that's that. that's the thing. That's the wonderful thing, and it's it's great that he's thinking about that mm. because you know, in in terms of he knows he's obviously aware that being vanilla is not good Ideal. business sense for him. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. you know just places him with every other business that's out there. What he has to do is is stand out and position himself. Um, and yes, you're you're absolutely right. It comes down to positioning and figuring out your position, and then coming down to to how you're going to brand yourself. But mm. but certainly in terms of these social media channels, I mean, there are all sorts of different ways and mechanisms by which he can he can get out there and and 
think or, or, or get his story out there. And if you're saying he's got all these different skills and all these different ways of, of, of doing things, I'm sure that there must be a way of showing that or, or hearing him talk about that that brings the whole topic to light. Exactly. In fact, I've got another client that um, that in the old definition would be called a colour consultant. But when you actually listen to her, she uses, much like you, you know, lots of psychology in terms of choosing the colour, the look, and I actually think the visual identity. And her market is really this corporate woman that often gets stuck between the family and the career and loses that sense of herself, that real, she calls it, the goddess within. Mm. And I just think that there is a market for that because it is different positioning to that colour consultant that is everyone. And Mm. I said to her, Angela, why don't we tape you doing a session with me? Because it's only through, and actually visually would be even better, it's only through going through that process that you can identify the differences between someone sitting down and putting swatches next to you and having a really um, interesting conversation about who you are and what you want to portray in the world. Mm, mm, absolutely, and I think you know a, a visual a visual way of, of you know putting that up a, a YouTube video or, or whatever or a series of videos mm. uh, is a fantastic way of doing it. Exactly. I mean, that's what you're saying. I mean, aren't we so lucky to be in this area where there's so many ways as a small business to communicate what we can offer? Oh, look, absolutely agree with you. The, the, the challenge that we have is that, uh, A, we've got too many channels, and so which one do we put our resources into? Mm-hmm. And, B, we've, our, our, time, uh, our time is so poor, we're so poor uh, in terms of the amount of time we've got available to us, mm-hmm. is that we have to make a, a, a strategic investment quite quickly, uh, a strategic decision, I should say, quite quickly on which channel we're going to go with and how often we're going to contribute to that channel. And these are tough when people are first starting out in business mm-hmm. uh, or you know, when they're looking at social media for the first time. And that's where consultants like you come in and um, have a vital role to play in assisting these companies or these businesses uh, with, uh, with joining the social media conversation. Well, well, hopefully I do. <laughs> well, hopefully I do. But, um, you know, even just to provide that education for me is important so that they, you know, they get that knowledge because I think it's sort of the conversation from what I can see is either experts talking about it at a level that they can't digest yes. or they're sort of talking about it in their social circles but in a social context, not in a business context. Yes. And so there's a gap between them making that jump and it's a big jump for a lot of them because, you know, it's part of this whole equation is technology. Mm. I mean, it's not just time or, or – and I don't even think it's cost anymore. I mean, the barriers to entry of this are pretty low. Absolutely. But I think that the, co- the, the, the actual IT, you know, I had a client yesterday and she just rolled my eyes, you know, her eyes at me and said, oh, Dan, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to go back. Mm. So, mm. you know, that's the barrier. The barrier is you need to get your nephew who's 18 to get up your YouTube. Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, well, I, was, I was reading something on Facebook today. One of my uh, one of my friends was talking about the scroll wheel on the mouse. Oh yeah, and uh, you know how sites these days are you know less worried about above the fold and below the fold. Okay. Um, and uh, someone 
pointed out to him, yes, but there are still people who are, you know, know very well all about, you know, ad- internet stuff and can manage their way around a browser and the internet. They've been on it, on it for years. They have no idea what that thing in the middle of the of the um, the two mouse buttons does. They've never used it. <laughs> You know, and and so to them, it's you know, the idea of a scroll was completely new. And I think that one of us, what that that as consultants, we need to constantly you know keep in mind that whilst we are involved with this stuff every day, and we know the sort of the words and the phrases and the the shorthand and what that shorthand means, to the average business person, they haven't had the time to come across this sort of stuff. Or if they have, they, you know, with Facebook, it's about, you know, their cousins and their, uh, you know, and their sister and all that sort of stuff. And they can't see the the business value of having, you know, a, a, a Facebook profile. But of course, Facebook is not about profiles. It's about pages. And it's hard for them to see the difference and get the difference between the two. I agree. And look, to tell you the truth, I've only just realised with Facebook, and I sort of knew this, but I didn't actually connect the dots, that, you know, in terms of having pages, you really want to have a fan page if you're a business and, mm. and, and have that set up and direct traffic to that. So, so that's step one. And the other step is, you know, you've got to get people to go to your pages so that you, you, you can communicate with them. Um, so, you know, that's almost step two. And step to achieve step two or the way that I've been thinking about it lately is, um, you know, you can advertise on Facebook for fairly cost-effective means mm. and the fantastic thing is that you can target it to exactly the customer that you're after, unlike mm. Google AdWords. Mm. And so that's just awesome. I just did this um, research for a, a client that owns a spa and I could, within her suburb and surrounding suburbs, at the right age group, with the right demographics, with evenly the right interests, I could pinpoint the people that we wanted to go to. Now, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome, yeah. And and the cost is is uh, cents in the dollar compared to what AdSense or AdWords would charge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think there's a place for AdWords, and I'm sure you do too, but the thing is for the campaign of what we were trying to do, we really wanted to get as close to her customer and build that that um fan page so Mm. you know to run a competition and actually have that competition showing on the right pages of the right ideal customers Mm. as we get on our pages when we look down the you know the right hand side man that's powerful stuff look i'm sure that google must be absolutely furious with uh, (laughs) with facebook and then their adverts because in in um i can't think of anyone who would want to place an ad word on Google compared to placing an ad on Facebook. Um, you, you, and all small businesses are looking to be, you know, to, to generate business usually from their local area. And that's what Facebook is really good at doing, targeting your local area, people, as you quite rightly say, in the particular demographic with particular interests, uh, and you can you can target them and, and place the ad in front of them. And it's it's not an intrusive ad, but it still makes you look. Yeah, and then you know what? If you stuff it up, you try again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how hard is it? And the thing is, you're only going to learn. I believe the learn is learning is in the doing, and mm. and and that's when you refine. But you know, it's not a big cost. So. It's not, and especially it's not a big cost when you compare. Let's let's do uh, let's make some uh, you know a a four uh, threefold brochures. <laughs> uh, we're going to letterbox stuff them yeah. uh, in a particular suburb. Now the cost of that is a heck of a lot more than it would be if you were just going to run some ads on Facebook. 
Yeah, not to mention the bin ratio. Yeah, exactly, the bin ratio and, you know, the time and effort taken to, um, you know, to create it and to write all the copy and then, you know, check that it's printed off okay and then go out and deliver it. You probably deliver it yourself and, oh, nightmare. It is. However, having said that, I've got a client who is in the landscaping um, space, an awesome um, outdoor um, designs and, you know, she, this is really interesting, she just rang me and said that her competitor must have put her um, key name into their Google Analytics so they're coming up on top of Google ahead of her for her for her actual company name, which is interesting. Oh. But what she said to me was, or what I said to her was, look, you know, online is really important and, and actually being part of that conversation and really controlling it to a certain extent is, is a strategy. But if you... The people that go into her um, bricks and mortar store, because she's got such fantastic um, demonstration or in situ um, products displayed, it's just as important in that situation to have a takeaway to share with friends rather than just direct to web. So it is a mix of media that's still important. It's just finding that right marriage between you know mm. what's going to work for you and really what the customer wants. I, I don't see print going away anytime soon. Um, yeah. You know, print will print will adapt. Um, but when you're talking about you know how much it costs to do print versus how much it costs to do web, it, it's it's there's a heck no of a difference. Is no. There's no comparison. I totally agree with you. Mm. It is. It's just a it's just a total different equation. Mm. So what are you up to now, Lee? You, you tell us what you're doing. Well. Um, <laughs> Um, I was working on a brochure this afternoon. I'm going to be launching some um, some training courses uh, oh, for social media. I do these for companies, mm-hmm. uh, two-day workshops on social media, Looking one day looking at the strategy and the second day looking at the tactics. Okay. Um, and uh, I've been r- running them for a few years for, for in-house training, but I thought I'd open them up to the general public as well. So I'm just writing some brochures at the moment um, that I can uh, put as a PDF and, and put that up on my website. And then will people be able to go to your website and if they want to enrol? Is it How is the course going to work? Is it a face-to-face? Well, or? That, it's a face-to-face course. Um, okay. That I don't know how I'm going to work out yet. That's the, That's the <laughs> I'm, nitty-gritty. I'm, I'm making it up as I go along. Oh, well, we can do that. <laughs> we can do but, that. Yeah, but um, I mean, if the if the demand in Melbourne is particularly great, for example, um, then I'll come over to Melbourne and you know run a two day course in in Melbourne at a particular date. Let everyone know that yes, it's now happening in Melbourne, and you know let you let you enrol. Um, so if people wanted to you know have a particular course, say up in Brisbane or over in Melbourne or Sydney, uh, then there's there's mechanism to let me know that they're interested. That next time I'm over in Sydney, they may be interested. In, 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 in doing the course. Well, let me plant a seed and nothing surpasses a face-to-face, so let me say that up front. But, you know, I've seen your YouTube. Have you ever thought about doing a blended learning? So, you know, maybe doing, you know, some, um, you know, webinars or even pre-recorded stuff and packaging it up? I have. It's, it's just that I haven't... Um 
Um, I guess I'd need I'd need to sit down with with someone who's experienced in that um, yeah. to actually then figure out. Okay, I could put it together this way, and I could make it work this way. And I haven't sat down with anyone yet. I've been so busy yeah. that uh, I haven't sat down with anyone yet to sort of figure out. Okay, this is this is how to do it. These are the these are the steps you go one two three four five, uh, and put a package together. I would love to put a web only package together so that I don't have to do face to face. And I know face to face is the best yeah. but I would love to have a web only package that I could sell um, so that you know people can take that course when they want on their time not waiting for me yeah and I just think you might serve a, a, a larger market so the person I would suggest and I don't know if you've heard of him is James Shramko and no. ja- James is coming on this podcast in a, well, probably June um, but James is an awesome internet marketer and he has just released a product called traffic grab i've just bought it and it's sort of really about that he calls it the spaghetti bowl and it is of all of these social tactics that we can use to generate customers and and he uses it to sell products um but he'd be one person that i'd be dialing up because he's actually done it oh okay okay (laughs) and i think he does it for his clients um so that might be that might be food for thought down the track. I mean, I've certainly heard of Traffic Grab. I've seen that mentioned, you know, in a lot of different places. Yeah, um, so uh, it's it's obviously a good product. Look, I just downloaded it the other day and I've got to say I really like James. He's very authentic. He doesn't promise to be everything to everyone, but he, for I think it's $79, man, I mean, there's there's got to be 10 or 12 um and he's done it in a really smart way. He's he's separated it in terms of a webinar, so 10 mm-hmm. 12 webinars on different topics. Okay. He, he's also separated it as a PDF text, so if you like to read, and he's also got it as an MP3 file in case you just want to have it on your iPod. How mm-hmm. smart's that? That's very, very smart, yeah. Um, but the tips and the technologies and the information, I mean, even if you just – um, went to Traffic Grab and actually downloaded his free sample. You'll be buying it. So uh, you know, not that I, I don't. I'm not here to promote anyone's product, and I'm totally independent. But yeah, I thought it was. If if you're in the on world online space, then it's something you probably want to have a look at. Mm. I mean, I've, I've over the um, I guess over the, the past oh goodness me ten or so years that I've been online. Uh, well, it must be it's about 15 years, 16 years or something that I've been c- consulting on, on uh, to businesses on online space. Um, I've spent probably close to six or seven thousand dollars on various, you know, online marketing material. Yeah. Um, some of it, you know, you spend hundreds of dollars on, and it's not worth the paper it's printed on because you get the binder as well as the MP3s and all that, yeah. and other stuff which you can pick up quite cheaply. You just go, "Wow, this guy's under charging." Yeah. You know. So exactly. uh, it, 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 this sounds like it's one of those undercharging moments. It's a diamond in the rough, I say. <laughs> Excellent. You heard it here first and there's absolutely <laughs> no affiliate link at all. So um, it's totally unbiased. Hey, uh, if people want to get in contact with you, Lee, mm. we just go to leehopkins.net. You can go to leehopkins.net or you can go to leehopkins.com. Uh, I own both domains. The leehopkins.com site, L-E-E-H-O-P-K-I-N-S, uh, is full of business communication articles, articles on business communication, um, uh, articles on 
PR on marketing, all sorts of different stuff, written mostly by myself, but there's a lot of articles in there written by other people too, so you don't just get my jaundiced view of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you go to leehopkins.net, that's my blog, and that's where you get the latest, uh, you know, thoughts and views and uh, the latest, uh, you know, my, my car cam vidcast, for example. Right, and look, I just want to give you a bit of kudos here because I do this as well, and maybe it'll rub off on me. <laughs> is um, I love how you've got how I work because do you know what I did? I think that that's such an important thing because it's really for the end customer or client that page, in that you're saying to them, "This is this is how I do things here. This is the way we do it here," mm. and that's such a refreshing thing to have. And I always encourage my clients to do that so that the process is really transparent, and then people know what they're going to get. I mean, they're going to get a flavour of you, but they're also going to get a bit about the process. Smart, mm. really smart. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, that was something I, I can't even remember where I copied it from, but I um, I saw that and I thought that you know, like you, I thought that's a great idea. Why aren't I doing that? So I'm going to do that. And yeah, it just lets people know what the process is and you know how they can expect things to unfold. And it puts responsibility on them too that you know they have to be a part of the process. It's it's a mutual partnership. Yeah, it's, uh, a it's not all down to me. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a and it sets the expectations up front. Mm, yeah. Mm. I really, Absolutely. I really like it. And look, you don't want to recreate anything. I'm a big one in, in you know, <laughs> learning and gathering and using. So that that's really great. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I'll put some links in the show notes to those sites so people can contact you and obviously follow you on Twitter. Fantastic. Um, thank you. And thanks so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. Danielle, it's been, it's been my pleasure, truly. <laughs> thanks, Lee. Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.